Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 67 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 124 of Wrestletopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was AEW Dynamite going down live for the Cable Damo Arena in Independence, Missouri. And we are a few weeks away from AEW and New Japan Presents Forbidden Door going down live from the United States center in Chicago, Illinois, but unfortunately a major piece of that puzzle will not be on the show as CM Punk current AEW world champion is out with a lower leg injury and he had surgery yesterday thankfully and it was successful and he'll be back soon and until then we will have an interim champion crowned at Forbidden Door with John Moxley in the cushy spot of being the number one contender for the championship but he was waiting for the winner of the Casino Battle Royal which kicked off last night's Dynamite with the winner facing John Moxley in the main event spot to see who would be representing Presenting AEW in the main event of Forbidden Door against someone from New Japan Pro Wrestling. That answer will come sometime this weekend as Tanahashi faces off against Goto and the winner will move on to face Moxley and or the winner of the Casino Battle Royale in the main event spot at Forbidden Door for the interim AEW World Championship. And we kick things off with the aforementioned Casino Battle Royale and the clubs were out first, including Lance Archer, Darby Allin, Daniel Garcia, Eddie Kingston, and Tony Nese. The... Diamonds were Swerve, Strickland, Keith Lee, Ricky Starks, Jake Hager, and Ray Phoenix. Representing the hearts was John Silver from the Dark Order. Konosuke Tatashka, Max Caster, Austin, and Colton Gunn from the Ass Boys. And our spades were Powerhouse Hobbs, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, Dante Martin, and Willa Yuta from the Blackpool Combat Club. And the Joker was the returning Andrade, Idolo representing the Andrade family office. And I thought this was a good match, but scattered in a lot of ways. A lot of downtime, but I love the story of Swerve Strickland swerving his own tag team partner, Keith Lee, by eliminating him from this match early on after Lee impressively eliminated Lance Archer early on. From there, Swerve also got rid of Darby Allin midway through this match as the final four were Ray Phoenix, Willa Yuta, Kyle O'Reilly, and Andrade. And the action picked up nicely with Andrade and Ray Phoenix working great together, trading lucha spots, and the fans are popping for Phoenix until he got caught with the low blow in midair by Andrade, who eliminated him from the match a short time later. It came down to Andrade and Kyle O'Reilly double-teaming Rilla Yuta. Yuta was able to avoid the double team as Andrade was eliminated by Kyle O'Reilly and it was down to Rilla Yuta and Kyle O'Reilly and a part of me wanted to see Yuta versus Moxley again because that was a classic match on Rampage a few months ago and that made Rilla Yuta a star and I would love to see the rematch ran back with higher stakes this time around but Kyle O'Reilly has been on fire lately beating Darby Allin on pay-per-view making it to the semifinals of the Owen Hart Cup and he was impressive once again last night as he was able to avoid Rilla Yuta's offense the German suplexes the striking he called Yuta in a dragon screw and eliminated him a short time later to win the Casino Battle Royale. He will face John Moxley in the main event spot later tonight on Dynamite. And I thought this was a good match, a little scattered all over the place. But the most important highlights for me for long-term story moving forward is for Strickland turning on Keith Lee because of choices. It's strange because I loved Keith Lee and Swerve as a tag team. Their chemistry was on point, but I guess Swerve is going to be a loner for a bit, but we'll see how it goes in the weeks to come. But that does not happen for no reason. 
There is an arterial motive as to why Swerve eliminated Keith Lee and Darby Allen is to set up future stories for the summer, and I'm here for it, but I love the tag team magic that Keith Lee and Swerve created for the time they were together. Next up is some random championship news from AEW, as we will have a new champion crowned at Forbidden Door. It's a brand new championship that reps the world, that reps the globe, as AEW is a global wrestling promotion, and they want to showcase their international stars via the first ever AEW All-Atlantic Championship Tournament, featuring stars repping the United Kingdom, Bulgaria, Canada, Mexico, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. We got some mysteries heading into Sunday's pay-per-view for New Japan, which will be revealed in due time, but our opening round match will feature Buddy Matthews representing Australia and Pac representing the United Kingdom. And they hyped this match on social media a few days ago, but we had no idea there would be some championship implications attached to it. And they will face the winner of Eager Ethan Page versus Miro in the semifinals of the tournament with the finals going down live at Forbidden Door in a few weeks time in Chicago and I love the idea of AEW having their own intercontinental championship but I think they're about to run into belt saturation on their shows you've got the TBS championship the TNT title the AEW world tag team titles the AEW women's world title the AEW interim championship the main main AEW world title and we're not counting all of the ring of honor belts that can be defended on a dynamite and or rampage on a whim and we got the rumored trios titles as well that will be coming into play very soon and on top of that they're going to possibly introduce women's tag team titles as well down the road it's a lot and when you add in the ring of honor belts it's too much and i don't want to use the o word but we are starting to reach oversaturation when it comes to championship belts in aew and i love the idea your roster stacked, it can support another championship. But at the same time, you have three opportunities to win a singles belt in this company in the men's division. And which is a stepping stone to what? You can be the TV champion, you can be the global champion, or you can be the main, main champion. And I think those are three different mountains to climb when you only need two. You need one stepping stone, not three. And I just think that this is a bit much. I love the idea. I don't know why the Pacific Ocean is excluded from this championship tournament, even though Japan is in the Pacific Ocean, last I checked. But I digress on all of that. It's ambitious. I'm not going to lie. And I think it's going to come down to how Tony works the power rankings, how you set up challengers for now three singles titles in the men's division. It's asking a lot. It's a lot to juggle and we'll see how it goes. I think the tournament would be great. My only critique is this came out of nowhere. This was completely unexpected and I wish this was hyped at Double or Nothing or the LA Forum last week for Dynamite. That would have been a more splashier announcement that would have hyped the crowd. This was fine, but I'm afraid that this was once again a very scattered decision by Tony Khan, which happens to be the word of the day, scattered a lot of things all over the place regarding the booking and some of the decision-making as of late as we transition to Buddy Matthews versus Pack in the opening round of the AEW All-Atlantic Championship Tournament. And this match is very good, but not great. I love the counters for both men as they know each other very well. As we go to a picture-picture commercial break with both men standing tall outside the ring because counter for counter, 
They know each other too well. But eventually things do get gnarly during the second half of this match as both men trade some gnarly strikes and kicks. And I just love the Mortal Kombat aspects of this match. They go blow for blow, strike for strike. Buddy Matthews counters a Gamaguri from Pack as he drops Pack with the Lager Bomb for a close near fall. From there he goes for the thrust kick, which is blocked by the Bastard who goes for a Porzidvana, followed by the Black Arrow for the win. A good victory for Pack as he moves on to face the winner of Igor Ethan Page and Miro in the semifinals of the AEW All-Atlantic Championship Tournament. And this was a nice way to kick off the action with more matches to come when it comes to Penta versus Malachi Black and the New Japan Battle, which will go down either on AEW TV and or the New Japan pay-per-view going down this Sunday on New Japan World. Next up is Trent Beretta cutting a promo about not having his best friends by his side. But he still wants a shot at the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles alongside Rapongi Vice's Rocky Romero, which leads to the Ring of Honor Tag Team champs FTR coming out to a great ovation. And they agree their match was ruined a couple of weeks ago by Jeff Cobb and the great Okan from the United Empire, but they vow they will kick their asses when the time comes at Forbidden Door, which leads to a surprise entrant through the Forbidden Door. And that person is New Japan zone will Ospreay. He gets a great pop from the crowd. And then we get a sneak attack from Aaron Henner and Aussie Open from United Empire. They go after FTR and Tremperetta. Will Ospreay joins in on the beatdown and hits Tremperetta with the hidden blade as the hills stand tall ahead of Forbidden Door. Will Ospreay appearing in AEW is a big deal, something that's been teased for a very long time. And the fans popped accordingly for his official AEW debut ahead of Forbidden Door in a few weeks' time on pay per view. Next up is Hangman Adam. Adam Page versus David Finley from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We had Adam Cole Bay Bay on guest commentary, and this was a very good match as we had some nice back and forth action early on until Page was able to knock Finley down to the floor and deliver a topo suicida before sipping a beer from a fan, and the fan drinks out of the cup as if it's a golden chalice, and quite frankly, she's right. Hangman blessed that cup last night, but it gets chop blocked by David Finley as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back from PIP, and Page is starting his comeback with the fallaway slam on Finley, followed by a plancha on the floor. He goes for the dead eye, but Finley counters that with a backbreaker for two. Page caught a cross body, but Finley cradles Page for another close near fall. Page flips out of a German suplex by David Finley, lands a lariat, followed by the buckshot lariat for the win, and Page grabs the mic, and he realizes that he's not going to be due for any AEW championship matches anytime soon. The fans boo at that as he was not a part of the Casino Battle Royal, which kicked off Dynamite last night. But he has other championship ambitions in mind as he wants a shot at the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He wants Okada at Forbidden Door. I pop. The fans pop accordingly. We got one Scrooge, one Grinch in the form of Adam Cole, Bay Bay saying, no, 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 no. You don't get to jump the line and say you want to shot at Okada. Knowing Okada has a match against Jay White for the championship at New Japan Dominion this weekend. If he wins, then maybe he should be facing me for the championship instead. Since I actually won the Owen Hart Cup a couple of weeks ago on pay-per-view. And you have nothing to show for what you've done lately besides getting a meaningless win over David Friendly last night. So these two guys are basically jockeying for a shot against Okada and or Jay White for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door in a few weeks' time on pay-per-view. I enjoyed the match between Paige and Finley. Finley is very good at star presence for days, but this is Paige's night and time to shine, and I really hope we get Hangman Page versus Okada 
at Forbidden Door. That match would be everything. Let it be known until the end of time that Hangman Page was a fantastic AEW world champion. Every single match of his did not miss on pay-per-view and or television. I fully expect that Paige and Okada would deliver a classic in the shine a few weeks time with the IWGP title on the line. Next up is Wardlow coming out to talk to Tony Schiavone about why he was not a part of the Casino Battle Royale, which kicked off last night's Dynamite. And Wardlow's explanation was pretty simple in that I don't want to be an interim anything. I want to beat CM Punk when it counts most. I want to beat him one, two, three, to be the one and only true champion in AEW. I don't want to be a placeholder. I don't want to be a transitional champion. I want to earn and win that championship the right way by beating the best in the world. And he goes on to his true focus right now, which is the TNT championship, a championship that was revered and respected by fans and the champions at the time, but recently has gone through some things. And that championship needs to have some respect put back on his name. And he calls out Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky comes out at less than 100% and Wardlow is game right then and there. And their match will go down at a date to be determined when Scorpio Sky is 100% as Dan Lambert and Ego Ethan Page talk trash to Wardlow from the main entrance ramp. Then things get a little zany as Mark Sterling appears on the main screen with his fleet of AEW security guards and the lawsuit is ongoing because he's fighting class action lawsuit on behalf of arena workers across America who got beat up by Wardlow over the last couple of months and Mark Sterling wants to settle this one of two ways in a court of law or Wardlow faces 20 security guards next Wednesday on Dynamite in an elimination match and Wardlow is game for this so I'm looking forward to Wardlow destroying 20 security guards I want 20 power bombs or nothing at all. <laughs> I'll take half of that, to be honest. Any sense of destruction from Wardlow is fine by me. I love Wardlow's presence. I love his look. I love how he talks. I just love how he carries himself as a star. He has the potential to be a superstar. He is a perfect hybrid of Goldberg and Dave Batista. He's athletic as hell, and he has charisma for days. I hope that AEW does not drop the ball on Wardlow because it kind of fumbled last week when MJF cut that magnificent promo and he no-sold the power bombs from double to nothing. It kind of windered Wardlow's win mute at the end of the day, and that is never a good thing. And I want AEW to crown Wardlow, the future TNT champion, very soon. I like Scorpio Sky, but I think Tony Khan botched his championship run by turning him back heel when he was perfectly over as a babyface against Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. These are choices by Tony Khan that I have not liked as of late, and there's no way around it. And at this point, it's time to crown Wardlow as the next guy up. That should be on the ascent. That should be over. That should be one of your top babyfaces, point blank period. You can't fumble this back. So hopefully Sky is healthy between now and fight a fast next month and that would be a way to officially crown Wardlow as the next guy up as it should be because he's over right now and I don't want AEW to miss a moment because they've played that game a few times over the last couple of years and sometimes they just meet the deadline and sometimes they missed a moment by a few weeks just hoping that that does not happen with Wardlow who is really having the run of his career thus far next up is Marina Shafir versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Championship. And I like Marina Shafir. She has presence. 
but she's ice cold on Dynamite. And I cannot believe that Tony Khan pulled this again. We went through this when she challenged Jay Cargill for the TBS championship so Jay could get win number 30. And it was a cold build because Marina was on dark and dark elevation. And sure, she's racked up more wins, but I need to see her on Dynamite. If you want her to be taken seriously as a force in the AEW women's division, she should be on Dynamite more often. We've seen her a grand total of maybe two or three times. And each time out, it's ice cold. Thunder Rosa is great, but she can only do so much. It was a nice physical match with very little heat. Nice suplexes here and there, submission attempts by Shafir, and eventually Thunder Rosa goes for a Death Valley driver that Marina kicks out of. She goes for a counter of her own, and Thunder Rosa rolls her up for the victory. It's a perfectly fine match, but we needed more hype on Dynamite. Everybody does not watch Dark and Dark Elevation. If you do, God bless you. You get to see Marina work every week, but she needs to be over in front of a national audience on Dynamite and on Rampage. You want it to be a force, you put her on national television and get her over that way. Jay Cargill ran up a streak on Dark and Dark Elevation, but you know what? She was also a preeminent force on Dynamite and Rampage most weeks. It was not an empty winning streak in the least prior to her winning the TBS championship earlier this year. I go back to Scorpio Sky, who talked about his winning streak on Dark and Dark Elevation because he hardly had matches on Dynamite prior to winning the TNT Championship a few months ago. Those streaks on the internet are very empty when you're not whooping ass on TV for the world to see. And at one point, AEW corrected that by having Scorpio Sky win back the TNT Championship in a ladder match. That got him over overwhelmingly as a babyface, and then they botched the turn. And we're back to where we were with Scorpio Sky being less over as a heel. And we're right back where we were with Marina Shafir again, getting another shot at a championship with her work predominantly being done on dark and elevation. It's frustrating as a viewer. And after the match is over, she jumps under Rosa. Tony Storm makes a save. And Tony looks lovingly at the AEW Women's World Championship. And Thunder Rosa snatches that belt away from her with the quickness. And that could lead to a future championship match. That will be much more over with this crowd than Thunder Rosa versus Marina Shafir last night. And that's nothing against Marina Shafir because she's got something. But put that on national TV on a regular basis. You want her to be a monster? Build her as such on your TV shows. That is all I'm asking for future reference as she gets two title shots at the TBS and AEW Women's World Championship and both of those title matches are ice cold due to the build and the crowd reactions that go with it, which are very subdued to say the least. Next up is Christian Cage stirring the pot between Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus reigning defending AEW World Tag Team Champions alongside the Young Bucks and the Hardys. And the Bucks and the Hardys are trying to figure out who is going to be the next in line for the AEW World Tag Team titles. And Christian Cage shades Jungle Boy by saying, hey, Jungle Boy might have lost in his hometown last week, but he can more than make up for it next week at Road Rager as Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus would defend the AEW World Tag Team titles against the Bucks and the Hardys in a ladder match. And Jungle Boy's face like, we, huh? what you say he cannot believe this and this should be a great match my only concern is Jeff Hardy's health at this point he's been walking very roughly his match a couple of weeks ago against the Bucks at double to nothing was good not great he was carried because he was almost knocked out early on during the match and I don't want this guy taking any more crazy bumps 
his body is betraying him at an accelerated rate, which sucks because I have marveled at Jeff's resiliency over the decades. He's been through some injuries, but he's bounced back no matter what. Still working as if he's 30-something years old. He's in his mid-40s now. And up until recently, he was working as if he was in the prime of his career. And now it's rough. If he can pull off a miracle next week, I'm happy for him because the original intent was for Jeff to support Matt because Matt's body was turning on him. And now both Hardys are hobbling around and it's not a great sight. And I love the Hardys next to life. They're one of my favorite tag teams ever. And I want this last run to work for them, but their bodies are starting to turn on them at a very fast clip and it sucks. And I will see what they'll do next week in this ladder match. I expect the Young Bucks, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus to do the bulk of the work. Jeff will do crazy shit because that's what he does. But finally, perhaps, maybe, hopefully, Christian Cage will finally turn on Jungle Boy, drive that knife in his back to say, I have not forgotten what you did to me last year in that casino battle royale when you eliminated me from that match and cost me a shot at the AEW World Championship. That needs to happen next week. He set up the ladder match. He shaded Jungle Boy. This is the breaking point, one would hope. But as always, we shall see. And now it is time for our main event featuring John Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly with the winner facing the winner of Tanahashi and or Goto heading into Forbidden Door for the interim AEW World Championship. And I thought this was a great main event. This was Kyle O'Reilly's best match in AEW to date. It gave me O'Reilly Balor vibes at TakeOver 31 nearly two years ago at the PC. That caliber of work was on display from Kyle O'Reilly last night against John Moxley. This was a bruising physical match. Moxley's mouth got busted open midway through this match. These guys were beating the hell out of each other. Strikes, kicks, counters, grappling was on point. We come back from picture in picture and Mox drops O'Reilly with a butterfly suplex and both guys continue with their counters dragon screw courtesy of O'Reilly to Moxley as well at one point Mox has O'Reilly up for the gout style power driver but Kyle counters with a triangle which pops the crowd as he cranks that submission in John appears to be fading but he powers through and eventually both men are trading lariats back and forth falling on each other it's a struggle we got elbow strikes going back and forth both men jockeying for position but eventually Mox delivers a regal knee lays out Kyle O'Reilly and hits the paradigm shift for the win as he will face either Hiroshi Tanahashi or Goto for the interim AEW World Championship at Forbidden Door on Sunday, June 26th on pay-per-view. And I thought this was a very good way to wrap up a very scattered edition of AEW Dynamite on TBS to play into the word of the day because it was a very scattered show in a lot of ways in terms of booking and match layout. And I think that Punk's injury has affected what Forbidden Door could have been, but it would still be a very good show, if not great, nonetheless. And AEW is approaching year four very soon. First three years have been great, and they made it through a pandemic that could have tanked this company year one, but they made it through by producing great television and delivering high-caliber pay-per-views. At some point, because it happens to the best of us, you do hit a speed bump. You hit a wall and you start to run on fumes. And I'm seeing the speed bumps coming for AEW in terms of booking not hitting as it should. And I hope that it fixes itself eventually. AEW's gone through this before and they have corrected course in short order. But the CM Punk injury throws things out of whack a bit and we have no reference 
to MJF's promo last week. It's not acknowledged by the commentators. It's not talked about whatsoever. He's not even on the show last night. And I still say it's a work. I fully believe that. But what I said last week stands. Everything he said was his truth. And I think there's a kernel to everything at the end of the day. And it's weird because he was the conversation last week and now nothing. Radio silence. And we'll see how long it goes because I truly want to see the next chapter of this story because you do run the risk of having AEW become the heels and MJF becoming the ultimate babyface in this story. Because I think as we enter year four, you do see some things looking a little herky-jerky in terms of booking. And you can call it out for what it is. It's not bad, but you do see some things unraveling a bit. And I hope it's course corrected. They tend to do so. Let's not forget Dark Order finished December 18th, 2019. It was course corrected. And I hope it happens again here heading into Forbidden Door as we had a little speed bump with CM Punk's injury. And hopefully he'll be back very soon, just in time for All Out if he's healed up by then. And we have to account for Kenny Omega's eventual return as well, which is stabilizing a bit heading into the fall season. So you do have things lined up that will patch up some things that are not quite working right now. But I just feel that AEW is going through some things. They need to work out heading into Road Rager and ultimately fight a fest in a few weeks time on TBS. But before that, we got blood and guts at the end of the month as well. So a lot of things on the horizon for AEW. It's going to be a wild and crazy summer. Here's hoping they kind of get their booking together between now and then. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 67 of the Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Later Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Receptopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such Receptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 39 of the Smackdown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.